I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. What's happening, Howard and Dane? It's Jason Clare from Milton Keynes. My question is, where is the line between racial banter and racism? It's tough to gauge sometimes. You usually have to judge it by the person, right? Hello, everybody, and welcome to Dame Baptiste Questions Everything, a podcast where myself, comedian, writer, and occasional actor Dame Baptiste, my producer friend Howard Cohen, aka The Hizzer. Hello! And a mix of very special guests pose the questions that need to be asked. And we are talking everything from. We are talking everything from Jason Clare from Milton Keynes's question Where is the line between racial banter and racism? <laughs> Jason, um, I mean, this is supposed to last a couple of minutes at the start, Jason. I don't know. Dane, wait, how do you want to tackle this one? It's a, it's a good question. It's a good question because I think a lot of people don't realize that uh, sometimes uh, more, I suppose, friendly uh, citation of stereotypes is kind of how immigrants or who are seen as underclass particularly in the UK kind of uh, interact and uh, rapport build with one another so there'll be some mild tribalisms between for example the Caribbean and African diaspora but um, despite those tribalistic differences and that banter we know that we are united under the banner of being so-called black in the same way that like we made the same thing we may talk to the members of the Asian diaspora uh, whether it's uh, ethnic Albanians over here and we may uh, cite certain references and there's certain colloquial terms we might use amongst each other but they don't come from a place of uh, malice or superior uh, superiority but um, to answer Jason's question the way you can always work out the line between racial banter and racism is to ask yourself if you had for example an observation or a joke about black people would you be comfortable saying that in a room full of black people and know you'd be safe and if you can't then it's probably racist whereas if you can then it's probably banter so that's the way I'd say I'd go with it Jason and all listeners uh, lesson in life from Dane there I think and um it's a good question, actually, Jason. Nice one. Uh, thank you for that. Uh, and suffice to say, on this podcast, we ask and answer all the questions, don't we, Dave? Absolutely. No question. It's too big, too small, taboo, highbrow or lowbrow. So we answer all the questions. And if you do like the show, please rate and review it on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify and you'll never miss an episode. Or subscribe to us on Acast, the world's biggest podcast network where you can hear us having all the questions with all our very special guests. With that being said, on today's show, our guest is a stand-up comedian, presenter, and actor. In 2016, he self-produced and toured his first live stand-up comedy special, Working Hardly, around the UK with all dates completely sold out. In 2017, he toured his second straight-up stand-up show again, with all shows sold out. And 2019, Simon finished his third solo out, sold-out tour, Just Like That. He currently presents The Scene on BBC Radio London every Monday night from 8pm to 10pm. He's also the main presenter on the No Escape in this podcast, available on Spotify, Apple Music, and more. He's also one of the most famous black Star Trek fans I've ever met in my entire life. <laughs> so niche. So niche. So niche. If you don't know by now, get to know. Please welcome to the show, Mr. Ori Styler. Hey, what's going on, Dane? How you doing? How you doing, Howard? 
welcome, welcome. Very good. Thank you for coming. Um, so are you a Picard? You Picard or or you um, you know one of the other ones? <laughs> That's the only one you know, isn't it? <laughs> That's how oh, big a Star Trek like fan I am. You sound like it's a guy Kirk, that doesn't Howard. watch football Kirk. at all. It's Kirk. You know those guys that don't Kirk. watch football and say, oh, know. yeah, who's playing today? Oh, oh yeah, Chelsea. And who else? Oh, uh, that team. The, uh, yeah, Howard. them. Howard, let me give yeah. you a tip here. Yeah? It's it's Kirk or Picard. And in this day and age, in the post-feminist world, you better include Janeway. 100%. You better give that Janeway option. I know that much. I've got a child who woke me up at five in the morning. I've, I've got an excuse. <laughs> you, so, you uh, <laughs> the older I get, the more I appreciate uh, different captains for different reasons. Uh, Picard, <laughs> yeah, but you got me started. Picard was stoic, but it was he had a commanding like way about him that was totally different from Kirk. Kirk was almost this kind of flamboyant but very expressive captain that was doing some of the wackiest stuff. Picard was that stoic. Like out here being aliens brother. with no protection, Ori. <laughs> I, I feel like I feel like in those years they've like there's a thin layer of protection. <laughs> Consistently on on what needs protecting. Just some, like, I don't know. Beam me up, Jimmy, in that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> beam me up, Jimmy. <laughs> I'll um, tell you why Picard's the best. I'll tell you why Picard's the best. Go on. Is because he, in, in this day and age, you got to have a catchphrase and the whole make it engage, so. engage. Yeah, make it, you know, make it so. That whole thing yeah. was, uh, he had that finger wagging in when he wanted him to do that. That was a pretty cool bit of, you know. Do you know what? Yeah, of all of them, he all right. He had a cool catchphrase with that finger that went, "Make it so or engage." But nah, you can't. You, no, there's better captain. All right, it's hard. I, <laughs> I no, it is. The, the older you get, the more you realize that Benjamin Cisco was a boss man captain. That was um, Avery Brooks on uh, DS Nine, boss yeah. man captain. Janeway was great because she she brought emotion to it, like real. Heartfelt emotion. Is she, is she Voyager? Janeway's yeah, Voyager, Voyager yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like how, like the emotion she brought to it when it came to her dealing with the Borg and her compromising her morals. The Borg, Howard! <laughs> I'm aware of the Borg. I'm aware oh, of the Borg. And do you know what? My favourite yeah. um, my favorite Star Trek movie is First Contact. Um, First Contact's which, good. It's a really good movie. And that's, the, that's got a big Borg sequence, I believe. It's all Borg-related, that plot. It's when they go back to... Um, it's when they go back in time to try and stop... Um, well, first contact in general, yeah. The Borg tried to stop that, and it stopped, tried to, tried to stop the human from uh, being introduced to the Vulcans and becoming a part of warp society, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. We can tell how seriously you take it because you're talking about it like it's actual events. Uh, which is <laughs> we actually celebrate First Contact Day. It, it only just went recently. Don't, no, 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 don't do that because if it was a Star Wars person, you could laugh all you want. If it was a Star Wars person, when May the Fourth hits, nobody has any questions. <laughs> Everybody, everybody's, oh yeah, that's cool. May the Fourth be with you. Yeah, what about First Contact Day, bitch? How about that? Real official days out here. Have that, do not have that, Rev. Do That's not right. respect, have that. I'm re- I respect has, it because Howard has the pretentiousness of a Cardassian and the harsh, ah. the harsh narrative ah. of a fresh Klingon squire. Is it, is it bad that when you said Cardassian, I thought of like Kim straight away? Like, oh no, the, the species. But yeah, he does. Not the people. Uh, <laughs> Dane, before I get in more trouble, it's probably time for a question, isn't yeah. it? As, as the format of this show dictates. Uh, I'm Absolutely. Um, even though I was, I'm lucky you said that. How I was going to be like, I weren't really feeling Enterprise the series. Like, I don't know, man. And there you go. I right, see. Coup, coup. Just checking. Um, so, 
Ori, um, despite uh, Howard's um, despite Howard's ridicule, we are uh, very much welcome as a guest <laughs> on our podcast. Thank you, um, thank you. And, and as our very esteemed guest, we invite you to ask the first question, any question you would like, which we'd like to discuss for 15 minutes and change. Then Howard will ask a less insulting question. Ah. <laughs> and then we'll do another 15 minutes and then uh, lather rinse repeat I will ask the final question uh, which we can discuss 15 minutes and then we'd like you to leave you to the floor so we can let our uh, amazing listeners know where they can find out about more of your good works cool. either here or in deep space nine far okay. far away um, so <laughs> therefore you have the floor to ask whatever question you'd like alright this this might be a tricky one to frame I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and make it make sense uh, but it goes like this okay we always we always get told about going back into going back in time and telling our younger selves things that we know now to maybe advance a bit quicker if we could change you know our history and stuff. But my thing is, especially with everything that's going on now, if you could go back to like segregation or even before that slavery times, I'm asking you this day in as well. And Howard, you know, what? I'm going to ask you as well. This could be so mm. awkward for Howard. Yeah. Gonna love no, it's all. As a Jewish man, I'm generally safe. safe. So, uh, okay. Yeah. I, he's also, and, also, and also descended from slaves too. So, of course. Yeah. Okay. Fair dues. So, I'm going to, I want to ask you guys if you could go back to those times. It doesn't necessarily have to be your ancestors, but it could be um, just, uh, just, you know, our people, but three, four hundred years ago and try and give them advice that would stop or prevent things that are happening now, what advice would you give? I've got to ask the question, what inspired that, mate? What inspired it, Ari? I always used to say to myself when I was young, or when I was older, um, sorry, I always used to say to myself when I'm, like now, when I'm young, when I was younger, I'd love to know what I know now. So when it comes to um, property investment or financial um, education, just the life lessons that I've developed over time, and that's a question I already know how to answer. Oh, I tell myself, save your money and also learn how to invest and pick up bits and pieces. And even as a comedian, I always say to myself, um, I'd probably cheat the code and go, yeah, when you're back then, tell, tell yourself all the material that you know now back then so you can master it quicker and little things like that. But then with everything that's been going on recently and with how it feels that um, we as a, as a people are still so many years behind it, and, and celebrating one major conviction that should have been a, a, a clean wash. That should, it didn't even need to go to... We watched a man get killed by a police officer and it was so obvious that he needed to go to jail. But we were celebrating the fact that it was a conviction because we're so used to not seeing that happen. Is there anything we could have done years ago? Or no, not done, but any advice that I could give to my ancestors that would at least bring us a bit more forward now so we don't have to be comfortable and happy with celebrating one win but maybe be in a state where we are now that the wins that we see are so much more, the wins that we see now are so much more regular to the point where society sees us as an equal uh, an equal race of people as opposed to just the ones that are always at the back end or the ones that are always um I, I'm trying mm. to find the right words I'm, I'm very, I've got to be very careful with this question because I know why I'm asking it no, um, all. You know, I think I think the question, the gist of the question, makes um, perfect cool. sense. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Where, where we're at now, I would <laughs> rather us be a lot further down the line and mm. a lot more closer to. I mean, you lot know I'm a Star Trek man. A lot more closer to where the ideas of Star Trek were that everyone is created equal, and we like to seek out new life and new civilizations with the want to have knowledge of them, but not to conquer them. What could we have said many, many years ago with the with the knowledge that we know now? to hopefully have black people in a much better position than we are now. I'm not saying that we're not 
better than what mm-hmm. we was back then. But mm-hmm. we still got a long way to go because of just how how we've been suppressed over many years from our progression and growth. So yeah, it was that that, that was the question. Go on, Dane. Yeah, no, it's, it's a really good question. I think um, it's very important to give the context of the state of being of our ancestors in the first place, because I think even the idea of discussing ideology, or even if, for example, my aunts would be a knee-jerk aunt would be to put together a manifesto for self for black self-determination, have to be aware that you know as recently as 1967, like my parents are in their 70, or my dad just turned 70 this week, and it's important to note that even though my dad turned 70 this week and is still alive. When my dad was 17, it still would have been illegal for him to go to the same school as his white counterparts. And so <clears throat> when you do look at the level of insurmountable odds that your ancestors would have been dealing with, some of the triumphs over adversity they would have had probably mean that some of the, uh, going back to speak to them with hindsight, would uh, it'd be a difficult thing to conceptualize. I mean, if you're, when you're talking to people who, you know, the idea of having a business loan or being able to, have a mortgage and own property were institutionally engineered impossibilities. It's kind of hard to be like, this is what we need to do and this is how we need to galvanize. Because what I would say is, if you look, I, we could argue financial literacy is essential for our people. But then I would cite uh, the Tulsa, um, Oklahoma massacre, whereby you had an area of black economic prosperity that was destroyed because of racism. Or, for example, you know, with the abolition of chattel slavery and an introduction of vagrancy laws and the Second Amendment, then I could argue when people were released and wanted to be able to be gainfully employed and form a part of the proletariat of the workforce, then institutional laws and a framework was created that would still basically criminalise your blackness and cause you to end up in prison. So the, the thing about the way that, that Star Trek views the future, mm. it is a really, I've often thought about it before, as a really useful method of kind of, well, how how could you actually get to that point? Like, what is yeah. it that would actually get people to that point? And to me, you know, I don't know. You're you're the expert, uh, Ari, obviously, but um, but like, I think about how the kind of the the, the kind of universal sense of teamwork uh, that is just so lacking throughout history, right? Like, throughout history, yeah. it was always like, oh, you've got all this stuff. Let me fucking take it all. From from the perspective of of, of of often you know that's often how it greed went. it's greed, greed and money because yeah. in 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 I mean the theory of uh, what happens in Star Trek is uh, the human race have gotten rid of the need for money so they don't the reason why they do things is because they like to better themselves not because they don't work at particular jobs because that's going to bring them the most money they work at particular jobs because that's the field they actually want to go and work in and if they can climb within the in that field then for them, they feel more and more fulfilled, but it, you you don't have any more or less access to finance. And I think because we know racism is a system of, of oppression that has a monetary value for those who benefit at the top end of it, I think if you get rid of the need for anything that's monetary and you get rid of the need for any, uh, for, for the need to, to, I don't know, to live well, with... It, mean, it, means you destroy, it means you destroy the hierarchy, whereby this yeah. is the thing is that you have to understand, like, and that's a really good point as well, Rory, is that when we do think about capitalism, this is not, this capitalism, and America itself was created under, with the capitalist economic system, because prior yeah. to that, what you had was merchantilism, and you would have had uh, monarchism as well, whereby 
your divine lineage or link to nobility would predispose whether or not you would have wealth. And, you know, so unless you were a member of church or state, you wouldn't be predisposed to be able to enjoy a certain level of wealth. That's course, why America yeah. exists, because then you had a bourgeoisie class of Thomas Cromwell and his friends who were like, I'm not going to be kicking up money to the king and the crown firm all the time. So we're going to yeah. go and start our own colony. And he had a bunch of like middle-class Freemasons who were like, we're not living like that. So by then, mm-hmm. once they were able to realize that they can, ex- through African exploitation, they're able to acquire resources, then become an economic power. Then obviously to maintain this economic hegemony over the world, they have to continue to allow the world to be comfortable with the idea of African exploitation. And that's yeah. what I guess a lot of people don't understand about racism and in terms of the ideology that predicates it in the same way that like piety pre- pre- uh, prefaces uh, Christian belief, you know, in the same way Shahada and Tawheed um, preface uh, Islamic belief, then capitalism, if if capitalism is the beast, then racism is the blood that runs through that beast's veins, isn't it? So it's a good point you make because <clears throat> I think a lot of people fail to understand that like prior to uh, the European um, colonization of Africa, European states were at war just as much. Like people look at Germany and I think you speak to most people nowadays, they forget there was two Germanies, you know? Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. And that that wasn't that long ago. And prior to that, you had Austro-Hungarian empire and Prussia. And so Mm. even the layout of Europe as it exists and this kind of fallacy we're given about um, European unity was not always the case. It took one of the most deadliest conflicts in human history in order for you to even observe stuff like the European union, which for all of their talk of unity and, 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 you know, and about um, civility, you can see now is breaking up right before our very eyes. Of course. So, uh, it's a, it's a reason I say that is because the conversation about educating or maybe passing information to our predecessors and our ancestors is to give that kind of context where <clears throat> if you look at some of the progressive ideologies that have become a part of black self-determination, so for example, the Black Panthers followed a lot of socialist and Maoist ideas and principles. Um, you'll even see people nowadays that kind of follow Judeo-Christian principles in terms of galvanization as a family. And you could argue like none of these are actually our systems. They're systems that we've adopted through by the merit of white paternalism. And yeah. then there's some level of intersectionality between there. So I say all that to say this, maybe one of the first things I would speak to my um, ancestors about is about political or socio-political ideology. Because again, prior to exploitation of uh, continental Africans, there would race would not have been the unifying thing between these people as well. Because you can look at yeah. a nation like Nigeria, which is, uh, no, not I mean, in some ways divided, but also is stratified, I should say, along um, theological lines. You have Muslims in the north and you have Christians in the south. But then you would have looked further down into, you know, towards the south central, towards sub-Saharan, when people still have their own very animistic or paganistic rituals and ideas and stuff. So I guess the main thing I could tell my ancestors is probably we'd have to get over our own petty squabbles and tribal distinctions and divisions and yeah, maybe have to unify and, and unify against a bigger humanitarian threat. So for me, I guess it's it's a really good question, or in terms of like what I would say to them, I think the most thing, tough, the thing right? I said, it's the tough. Most, no, it's, it's, it's a tricky one, isn't it? It's not, it's really it's, you know, it's, it's not even tough. It's just, it's just you're talking about course. It, well, it's almost a millennia, half a millennia of mm. oppression and you know um, displacement. Um, I suppose it'd be a, a reclassification, re-education. It's having to speak to people like that, like you're dealing with you. That it would be the conversation would be nigh on uh, psychiatric in nature mm. just due to the level of complex and trauma you'd have to be because you're talking to people who to see it written, you know, legally, they're not even human beings. So yeah, as far as they're concerned. So, so that, so that it would be, yeah, it'd be a, it'd be a long discussion, but it'd be a very good one, man. But I think the thing I'd say to them more than anything is, you know what, Ori, as, as a good question, 
I just say fucking thank you, man. Thank you so fucking much. I couldn't even put into words what you went through. And the entirety of my journey in being is still there. And I cannot put into words. Your sacrifice is greater than anything I have ever heard in any religious text in my entire life. And even if I do study any religious text or any piece of literature, which chronicles and emphasizes the triumph of the human spirit, there is no greater example than the shit that you people went through. And I'm not even fucking worthy. So that's what I would say. What a wow. what a question to start this episode, Ari. You smashed it. Sorry, man. I brought it a bit heavy. My apologies. Or we coming with the stars as usual. That's what we want. We want. I mean, I, I'm going to lighten it up a little bit with my question purely because it's it's slightly more navel gazing. But I just want to say that to our listeners, tell us what you think about that question because I, you know, sometimes our questions are quite, you know, like specific in certain ways. But I think that is the one of the most incredible kind of mind-boggling things, isn't it? You know, you see these TV shows where people go back in time, you know, it's kind of, whether it's fictional or some kind of factual thing, it's like, it's mind-boggles, yeah, it right? Yeah, it seems a lot more straightforward mm. than others. Uh, yeah, when people yeah. are like, <laughs> Some of your ancestors watch people get hung from trees and they're still walking around today. So yeah. it means yeah. you, you have people in your family who have normalised ritualistic murder of innocent people. So I don't know how much, how normal you can possibly be. But, um, exactly. yeah. I, I, for um, me, for me and my ancestors, I would just be like, "Look, man, I can't thank you enough just for surviving the middle passage alone." Mm-hmm. So, well, I'm gonna sh- shift gear for my uh, okay. question because it's something that I was thinking about. Uh, and you know, listeners, I think you probably got to know me uh, pretty well over the last hundred and now many episodes. Day knows me, Ari. You can probably tell what kind of a guy I am. Like. Uh, I'm from, you know, working class backgrounds. My dad sold stuff on markets. Like, you know, we, you know, it's, it, I feel lucky to have had an, I've got a nice life right now, but like, I don't forget about roots of me and my family and coming to this yeah. country and stuff. So like I had a situation the other week, right? Where like, I've got, you know, a kid now he makes fuck loads of mess, right? He's honestly, my floor is like a combination of like kind of milk sick combined with like <laughs> just crumbs, right? And my wife's got two businesses. I do this podcast and I've got a you know, job in television. Uh, I need a cleaner, right? I need a cleaner. Amen. Right? Amen. <laughs> so, I, so I book this cleaner, right? And I'm not going to do any names, right? I book this cleaner. They turn up a week early to check the place out, which I was like, mm, okay, you want to show that you're keen? Fine. Mm. Then, you know, the person turns up. I'm not going to name, I'm not going to do any gender thing here because I want to make it really clear that, you know, the person turns up. I can tell within the first hour, you ain't cleaning this place how I think people clean houses, right? As in like, if I was cleaning the house, you ain't in the, you ain't in the kitchen for the first hour. Let me put put it that way. You've got three hours to this house, you ain't in the kitchen. So get to the end of the, end, end of it. I get told that I actually didn't manage to finish to clean the house today. I'll finish it when I come back <laughs> next time. So I have this moment, right, which is kind of t- taps into my my heritage, right? Like I feel privileged to be able to say to someone, clean my house, right? Yeah. And the uncomfortable element of having to send the email saying, please don't come back, was, was, was her- I, honestly, I've, I've had breakups <laughs> with women that was worse. And why do I have these problems, guys? What is the emotional problem that I'm you. going through here? Come on, I could, Harry, tell Exactly me. that. Basically, you sat there, you looked at a, a person, come to your house, clean your house. There's a part of you that's like, 
I feel, you know what, I'm obviously doing better because, you know, I work in TV. My wife's got two jobs. I've got a kid and you're here cleaning up after my kid's shit, right? And you can't even do that good enough. So I'm going to fire you because you didn't wipe up after the mess that we made. Horrible, in, horrible. But no, but you know what? As much as you may feel that guilt, as much as you may feel that guilt, if that per- that person has chosen to do this job, right? Take the emotion out of it. If the job is not done and they're not, a, then, I mean, you don't own them or anything. This, they're not servants to you or anything. This is somebody who says, this is the career that I'm, I'm doing right now. He, might, he or she might own the business, but be the person that's cleaning. Still a business that they own. If their business is not up to scratch, if what they're doing is not up to scratch, you have the right to say, look. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You were supposed to clean the house and you haven't cleaned the house. You're telling me you're coming back? No, nah, fire on. It's like, I'm a man of like, you know, like it's it, it basically, I don't often feel like class issues in my life. And, and, and <laughs> yeah. like, you know what I mean? Like, I, just... I don't often, and, and, and it, cause like I say, I'm from Ilford. Like, I'm always really proud about like, my family from Hackney. Yeah. I'm from Ilford. And you know what? I, one of the reasons I managed to make a career in TV is cause I'm real. I'm, I'm like, I can be an honest person and just keep, yeah, yeah, and so yeah. like to not have to be like the moment when I looked around the place, and, you know, they're there looking at me, looking at their work. I just honestly wanted to dissolve into, like, I just couldn't cope with it. And you've know, you got to drop that guilt. Not, uh, not in this instance. Remember, you've hired them for a job. <laughs> or, you know what? It's because Howard was trying to find the best way to ask the question, why is it so hard to find good help these days? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, now, now that there's a bit more context to this whole thing, which is to say that Dane knows, Dane knows that I have married up. Now, yeah. <laughs> Ari, oh, is it? Yeah, I don't know. Your, definitely. Uh, yeah, make some know noise for my man marrying up, please. Hey, <laughs> hey. <laughs> yeah, you get that, Bob. Yeah, <laughs> I thought I mean, so when you said two businesses. What I didn't know is that there was already some long old money. Well oh, done. Yeah, yeah exactly. Trying. No, it's listen. You are. It's it's it, you know the jokes at my wedding were you know I will her wedding them. not yours. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Howard, come on now. Uh, you're a, you are a you were a guest. Uh, you are you're a straight a... a straight cisgender man, and you think you had a wedding? 
You're, you're you didn't have a wedding. Howard, you're smarter than that. You're, you're mate, smarter than that, you, you were a guest at your <laughs> wedding, mate. <laughs> well, I got to eat the food, so yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, they let me dance first as well, so that was good. But then, hey. <laughs> but like, great host. <laughs> but like my, you know, my missus, like I, I, you know, it gets, you know, it gets awkward. It gets awkward when I talk to things because she is. She grew up in Hong Kong, right? And and life okay. of an of a, of a Let's be honest, just, you know, a, a fairly wealthy white person in Hong Kong. That's a fucking good life they have out there, right? Yes. It's like you get... Could imagine. And I've often kind of just like, you know, my wife won't have a go at me for bringing this up, but they'll often talk about the person that helped raise them, who's a, a, a woman from, from the region that, 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 you know, is local, uh, not a, a white woman like, like their mother. Yeah. And I've always looked at that like, God, that's really, I find that really awkward, but they still have an incredible relationship with that woman. Like when my wife went back a couple of years ago, you know, the amazing reunion with this person. So it's kind of like, I don't know, like what are my issues here? <laughs> There's definitely some issues that I'm trying to work with. I mean, have you had a cleaner? Are you had a cleaner in your house? Like, I've, you deal listen, with it well? I've just moved, right? When I, when I was in my old house, I had a cleaner. but And that was because I, I know me. The amount of work I get, I, I do. The amount of times I'm out and about, when when comedy was um, going on very regularly, obviously uh, pre pandemic, you're, you're you're touring. You get up early. You might train for in a session, and, you, and you're out on the road. And you may not come back until the next day. And after a while, things become cumulative in terms of the mess that you make in your house. Your clothes that might need washing, and you do the washing, and you and you hang them up to dry. You put them in the dryer, but then also you've made food and the plates and the sink. And all of a sudden, with always being out and about with an irregular irregular schedule, you need to be able to get on top of this. So I just got a cleaner, and for me, best decision I could make when it came to um, the maintenance of my house and the cleanliness of my house is to get someone else to do it and try no. Uh, after this place is finished, I'm getting someone here to do the exact same thing. I don't feel like it's a, a privileged thing or a bad thing because if you if you can find time, I mean, how many people, I don't know, how many people have a microwave because they don't want to reheat their food in the oven? A microwave is just, is it might be a luxury to some because it's a quick, let's get this done nice and quick without me having to think about it. It's the same with a cleaner. If I'm working enough to do other things and I can afford a cleaner, which might be, I don't know. They could be ten pounds or fifteen pounds an hour, and they're just doing two hours, yeah. mate. That's I've that's never, I've never had to. I've never had to fire my microwave. Would be the only difference maker there. But um... <laughs> <laughs> that's because you own your microwave. Hey, <laughs> this, this is it. Yeah. So you, it's not. Don't think of it as you're firing someone because they're not really an employee. You've solicited a service that you're not um, happy with. Yeah. Another service, and I think another way to look at it as well, Howard, is that as already said, we're now living in, in like a post gig economy, so you know, cleaning as a job, you know, I think it provides a good opportunity for a revenue stream and, yeah. and keep a workforce buoyant that, you know, a lot of people that work in domestic or in legend hospitality, number one in lockdown would have seen their opportunity for earnings to be reduced massively because of the closure yeah. of hotels and other resorts, etc. Number one, I'd say number two as well in that with the growth of automation, you know, there are a lot of people that do have domestic skills we may not be able to find some other place for them to monetize it. Some, I mean, mm. if they live in London, they're going to ever be able to afford a house to clean because most people can't afford a house here. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think, you know, it's, look, I would look at it as, in, you know, you are keeping an economy buoyant as part of it and you are, you're not uh, buying a person, you're soliciting a service, you are right to be unhappy with a service within a free economy because there are other cleaners and domestics who... Exactly. I, I, I just knew as soon as she turned up, she was like, 
fuck you in your dirty house. I just knew it. I just knew privilege. The privilege. Oh my gosh. It's tough, right? It's tough because you don't want to judge people. I I, I don't know. And it definitely made me just kind of think about existence a little bit because you're like... You don't don't think of the the criminal, think of the crime in it. Like you're not judging somebody. It's just the work they've done. It's no condemnation of them character or who they are as a person. Some people, like everyone in work, some people don't work hard at their job. Yeah, like, it, it, I think I think a part of it is that it's the connotation that is associated with the job title of a cleaner, and you know you should look at a cleaner the same way you look at like an electrician or you know a delivery driver. You know, they, like there is there should, there's no occupational hierarchy. If a cleaner is bad at their job and you critique their lack of uh, prowess at their job, it doesn't mean you have a condemnation of cleaners or you condemn that particular industry. Just that person didn't do the job particularly well. You have the right, you know, I, you have the right to say that. As long as, like I said, you're discussing the crime and not the criminal, so you're not being like, "Well, she's bad at the job because she has contempt for me as a Jewish person or a white Anglo-Saxon because she's from the Czech Republic." You know, mm. it's just you, you, maybe she had a bad day, or but you are able to make that clear. I think in both mm. cases, you know, you're dealing with two parties that have a business agreement. She's allowed to state her terms in terms of the hours she wants to work, exactly. Use, and you know, they may need a certain level of space when they want to perform the job. You may have to not be at their feet when they're hoovering. And that allows them to perform their job in the optimum way possible. So you give them that space, man. It, it, like like already said, for me, it's business. And we're now in a gig economy where you're going to find a lot of these more interpersonal relationships for these kind of smaller things, whether it comes down mm. to if you are having a domestic person doing cleaning duties or you have somebody, like a lot of people now may have someone that works in their home as a carer or, mm. you know, you know, some people have like dog walkers and shit. We don't know how to quantify if someone walks your dog Bradley. Do you, know, do you know what it is? I think it makes it feel a bit more off for you, Howard. Mm. is a, clean, a, a house cleaner is the same as a car cleaner. You both could do the job yourself, but you go and get your car washed at a car wash, right? If you, were, if, you had, if you had shit on your car and they left it there and didn't, and didn't clean it off, you'd look at them and go, mate, you can see there's shit on the car. You, you're here to clean it up. It's a classic one. You've missed the spot. There you go. You've missed the spot. But do you know why I think it feels more uncomfortable? Because you know it's uh, with a cleaner. It almost it's you know it's your shit stain in the toilet bowl. If they've missed that, <laughs> the spot they they spot they yeah. missed was two fucking rooms. I mean, Jesus Christ, come on. <laughs> but, I mean, I mean, all right. If it's that much of a spot that they missed, then yeah, they need yeah. to go. But if it was because it's your shit, like on a car, you might have like your tire might have you might have dro- driven on the pavement or the grass, whatever, and scooped up some crap or mud. Or whatever, but because you know it's your poo stains in in that armitage shank toilet bowl of yours, when they have to clean up after, it almost feels quite demeaning when you look at it that way. Mm-hmm. You're cleaning up after me, and it's hard to feel, even though they're not doing the job good. You then feel it like away because they're not doing the job good, but also. What does that say about me if they're if they're not doing a good job well, cleaning up what, after what, my boost? I don't be like strong in a strongly worded letter. My diet of the last day has been high in fiber, and therefore those skid marks weren't that hard to remove. I refute that those skid marks were that stubborn yeah. and should not be stored with fast remaining in said toilets. But this, uh, this, you have to just brush restart. it aside. You got to brush it aside. Look how many people work in healthcare and have to do pretty much the same thing for you directly on your human body when it comes to removing feces and so on and changing you and stuff. It can seem quite demeaning if you consider the fact that this is them kind of cleaning up after probably the most personal side of you. 
Well, but, and I realised like, as well, no, mate, that I'm a little bit of a dick because I, I left a couple of hair shavings deliberately in my sink. Oh, man, and they you were didn't still, do that. And they were still there. Not a lot, just a few, just because, like, I'm like, <laughs> if you're cleaning my sink, like, you know, cleaning my cleaning my bathroom, right? If, yeah. If I, you know, if they, if they were like, hey, I'm coming over, I'm going to clean two rooms. Which rooms do you want to be? Kitchen, bathroom, yeah. done. Like, that's the, that's the key, key one to me. And, like... You're the, still there. It's not you are. You're the heckler at a comedy club that goes, let me, God, let me am, test him. Let me, let me, let me throw him off and see how good he is to get back on his game. You there cut some pubes and put it down the sink and thought, let's see if they, let's see how good a cleaner you are if you actually, you catch them. That, you're, a he, you're a cleaning heckler. You why, are a cleaning why, heckler. Why did, why did they come and case your house a week before they came to clean? Is what oh, I that's do the that. weirdest they bit, do that. right? Can a, I tell a, week, you a week in advance? Yeah. Yeah. It was, weird. it was weird because it, it, there was like, <laughs> there was this bloke, like a, like a kind of like the boss who was kind of telling me all about his life. And I was just like, oh, this is, I mean, like, this is already work. Yeah. <laughs> it's already work me talking to you. <laughs> so, you know, I was out. I want a conversation, just want sanitation, but not even a um, conversation. But you have made me I feel a little bit you better. I talk, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you feel better, man. You know, Please, Mr. Halloween, when my family come, they don't have much money. <laughs> I'm not paying you to talk. I have a son. Now, now wipe my doo-doo stains. Yeah. <laughs> Why Chanel. Am I sprinkling? Yeah. Do you, yeah. Howard, do you... Mm. All right, I don't know if you ever do this. I know I've done this before, right? <laughs> do you get so embarrassed about the state of your house that before the cleaner comes, you clean up a little bit? So, so I'm, I'm so anti that. I am so anti that. You wouldn't believe my mother used to complain about, you know, I just can't get, I can't get that, that bit of my mind together. Now, I look at the fucking state. I mean, the, the the wall next to where my son eats, you could, if he becomes an artist, we may as well just frame this wall because it's so oh, much food, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, just, it's just all over the shop. He's just a joke. And so, um, look, I feel, ba- I feel bad for these people having to clean up. He's going to ruin it in about 10 minutes no, anyway. No, but, no, but I don't feel bad. It's, 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 there is a service, man. It's, 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 it's exactly. more to do with the, it's more to do with the connotation that is suggested that the act of being a domestic or cleaning is something of a lesser dignity. Like in terms of what they're dealing with, like yeah. like like already like said, like people that are part of the medical profession will deal with the same kind of secretions and stains and messes, and they do and they do that, and we clap for them. And you know, it's 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 a, uh, <clears throat> I think it's the issue that it's given to people that work within uh, domestic or I guess or hygiene technicians, as they're also called. I think I think a lot of it is more to do with the fact that how we view them, and then you know sometimes. Uh, reciprocally, they can feel the same way and be like, oh, is someone really going to give me a hard time when they've obviously cut a few strands of their hair and put on a sink? So, I don't know, this thing's going to become a war of nutrition. But I, I have to say, you know, in all, all things, Howard, when you are asking for a service or you are, you know, exchanging any kind of issue of exchanging a good or service, I think if you're direct and polite, there's nothing else people can tell you, really. You know, yeah, a good answer. It's like when I was a kid and I'd go into shops and like, Sometimes the uh, the proprietor or the shopkeeper would ask me what I'm looking for, and you feel a bit daunted. Like, well, I should say something, or maybe I'd buy a small sweet. Now I'm like, I'm happy to tell people I'm browsing and not feel the pressure for me to create a, a inter- in, in a transaction. But I'd say if you're, as long as you're direct, Howard, and you know, I'd say take some pictures <clears throat> and specify and specify what you'd like. And there's always ways you can negotiate in the same way that, like, you know, sometimes you can have a builder, and a builder can come and give you an estimate, or someone a decorator can give you an estimate. But you can also negotiate and be like, well. If you're if you're able to complete this work within the next couple of days, then I can add on the extra twenty quid. And yeah. you know, it's like respect that person. That person tried to. I tried to look at those person who have the same kind of business prowess and ideas and wants and needs from you as a solicitor of that service. 
So, yeah. but, um, well we said. Understand how, well, we understand how it, it's so hard to find them. Remember when Howard was like, yeah, I'm going to keep it light because we're talking about slaves and stuff. <laughs> my son's That's what I couldn't believe. I couldn't believe Ari's question. My son's uh, so light. Ari, have you seen the film The Help? Well, yeah. I have a query. <laughs> Servant, I believe she's Czechoslovakian or some <laughs> And that's why we question everything on this podcast. <laughs> um, um, so, yes, it's over to Dane for the final question of today's show. Yes, absolutely. Um, so, as our listeners will know, I introduced Ori with a particular nuanced attribute that he is an avid fan of uh, Long and Prosper. Yeah, he's a, he's a long, long time trekking. And uh, I also referenced it this question in terms of uh, the question you asked before about uh so for those who don't know one of the big things about star trek is that it was one of the first filmed interracial on-screen kisses in american television history it was yes Cap- captain kirk and uh uhura uh kissed michelle um, nichols and yeah and yeah, man, uh, lots of trailblazing there yeah lots of trailblazing <laughs> there um and you know for all uh intents and purposes and you probably know better than me ori like star trek is not frequently marred with the accusations of a lack of representation uh, because you've had, yeah. obviously you've had a Lieutenant Uhura, but with in further progress, you've had people like Joy de la Forge for, to name a few, as well as, I mean, for those who don't know, most of the times like Klingons are played, are played by black dudes as well. Yes. What's the guy's name on, um, uh, I want to say deep space nine. There's, is that a guy? No, it's Voyager, isn't it? Or is it? No, no. It's Which one? It's Which a, one? Oh, wait, hold on. It's who's with the um, new generation's got the Klingon dude that's on the ship as well, right? Yeah, Worf. He's on um, Wolf, yeah. Next Generation. Yeah, he's on. Yeah, um, he's also on. DS, he's on, on DS Nine from season yeah, four is. onwards. Yeah, as well. so yeah, yeah. So he, so he's yeah. Worf was played by a black dude as well. For those who may not know, um, I say I would like to say this. Obviously, there is quite a racial, uh, or I'd say, speed interspecies utopia that happens in uh, Star Trek. In fact, I think the only some of the, the biggest opponents I've seen to like Starfleet have been initially the Klingons, uh, the Borg. Okay. So it's the Klingons, the Borg, and maybe, um, don't tell me, uh, Romulans. And I know yes. there's been more, but those are some of the bigger ones that I've known about. Um, <clears throat> I say all that, it's a bit of rambling to say this, right? Oh, given that there's such a large interspecies and interracial diversity within mm. Star Trek, as we've discussed, things ain't going so great for us over here. So if yeah. you could live... With amongst another culture or civilization, as you've seen on Star Trek, who would it be? <laughs> who would it be, and why? Who would it be, um, and why? Can you not hear the excitement of me gassing this Trekkie man right here? Would it, where, it's a, okay. Would it? Hold on. Would it be with a particular with a culture, or in terms of a planet where I'd live on? I am going to leave that to your discretion. That's right. Set okay. If, if it was a planet, Risa. Because Reister is like a, it's a holiday planet. And it's, the, well, their whole thing is about pleasure. Pleasure, <laughs> pleasure, 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 pleasure. So Reister would be my go-to. But Reister is a holiday destination, so everybody goes there. In terms of a species of people, I have never thought about that. But, whoo, that's a good question. But just to go back to Risa for a second. Yeah, um, go on. It, Basically, it, how it's it, like 
Uh, Jeffrey Epstein's island, but the people are overaging, consulted, in consent. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> These are the, that I was going to wonder a few more details. I'm not sure that's the detail. That was detail the view of Dane for. Baptiste and Dane Baptiste alone. <laughs> I, stand, I, stand, I stand by it. I mean... You stand know. by it. Stand by it. That's fine. I just don't want anyone to go... I don't want anyone to link it. I don't want anyone to link it and go, we all said he'd go to a Jeffrey Island or some sort. That, I don't I don't I'm just saying, <laughs> pleasure islands are already made for one gender of our species. I'm just saying there are no testicle equivalents of the Hooters restaurants for women. Right. Yeah. Like, no yeah. women are going to like dick prints and getting like, you know, celery sticks with men in great underwear. Yeah, there was Chocolate City and Magic There was Mike Chocolate shows, City. I mean, yeah. yeah. I, would, I, would have nothing, I would know even, nothing it, about Chocolate it, City. And even then, Ori, I mean, <laughs> what, what a woman has to do and go and see, to go and see male strippers perform in situ. Yeah says a lot because most women couldn't get a hold of men gyrating with their penises out just by opening their phone. But, um, you know, there is a, point, yeah. of women, a lot of women that do enjoy seeing male strippers. Is, is um, Ricer yeah. like, like Cancun, kind of like, but a really big, kind of like exciting Cancun kind of type of... Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, because Cancun is more, we're going there to get super mega drunk. Right. Uh, it's a party destination. Imagine um, a never-ending beach with activities that you can do, which uh, for everybody, it could be if you're a thrill-seeking person, there's stuff you can do in that sense. Nice. Or if you like to relax. Thailand, Ori, we both know how yes. I don't care about that. Where the orgies at on this island, on this planet, man? That's, that's what I'm trying to <laughs> no, they, get me, That's another me thing. That, they they have them, <laughs> yeah. brother. They have them. This is what I'm saying. That is so normalized because for them, it's about pleasure. People go to their, that, to Raisa, to like... Some people who are... There's one episode in uh, DS9 where DS Dr. Bashir... Am I right, everybody? No, sorry, Star Trek fans. <laughs> in Deep Space Nine. There you go. <laughs> this guy. Dr. Bashir and... I can't remember her name. Oh, he's so offended. Deep, Deep Space 69. Dane, I'm trying to... Deep Space 69, you know. <laughs> DS9, thank you. There probably is a deep... There probably is a Deep Space... Number 69 in terms of the station, because it yeah. just means Deep Space Station. But yeah, there is an episode with Dr. Bashir, and I can, I, her name's gone right now. I remember it when I don't need to. They are breaking up, and they break up by going to Raisa to live out the last of their relationship in the most pleasurable way <laughs> to end. Yeah, so that last I, I beat, did something like that with an ex-girlfriend, actually. It was great. Could you imagine that? Your last, I'd like, you and your ex. <laughs> I had like three weeks before she left the country, uh, guys. Uh, this was many years oh, wow. ago. But yeah, about... Well, yeah, about 14 years ago. And she left, she left she was, the country. She was leaving the country to go back to her country of origin uh, in Spain. And um, we had like, she called me up. We basically called me up. And she said, I've got three weeks left. Should we get back together? I was like, oh, God, yes. And that was a good three weeks, let me tell you. That was oh, like my yeah. version of Ricer. I like, I like that yeah. story, Howard, because it's like you act as if like planes don't exist. Are you going to Spain? Oh, no. Only three weeks left. <laughs> wait, yeah. how old are you? Wait, no, no, wait. Hold on. No, how old were you, Howard? How, Howard, how old are you? Sorry, it was how 14 years ago. So he was in his 20s. <laughs> exactly. No, no, no. But I hear that. But remember, Ilford background, uh, market market selling dad and stuff. Yeah, it is. He probably yeah, was yeah. early days of TV. <laughs> yeah. Like, even getting a passport for my man might have been tricky. <laughs> Get to Stansted Airport and then fly into Spain just for some nookie as long yeah. when you can go and see Susan, who's just four streets the, down. Just to give you the conclusion of the uh, <laughs> of the story would be that I did actually go out to Spain to see her uh, and her family and got sick uh, with a chest infection on the first night. And I, from that moment on, her mum was just like, nah, 
No. <laughs> why, have you, why have you bought me this sickly Jewish man? <laughs> he doesn't even live here. Wow. <laughs> Oh, no. I mean, it's not to also not, 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 not me gusta. <laughs> so wait, you wait, hold on. This was fourteen years ago. Lovely little Spanish woman that you were with. How long were you with her before? It was on and off for about two years. Okay. Why did you break up? In like the um, on and off bit. It's because ultimately, you know, I, I was quite rubbish and, and she was aware of that and t- tolerating it. So, you know, like, you know, when you're a man and you're just a bit shit, really, you're just a bit shit, aren't you? It's like just a bit rubbish. Yeah. No, I, I, I can't relate. Can you already know? <laughs> <laughs> what, is this, what is this shit you refer to? <laughs> In the context of my bit shit, exemplary, exemplary status of being as a man. What is you know bitch what? shit? What does bitch shit mean? <laughs> I should also preface it with the. Uh, I should have said she's going through some stuff. You know, as people do, right? So, okay. Like, I should. I should. I, w- I would say that not that she listens to this podcast, but respect to that person because we, we had a good couple of years, like some good times. You know, it's, it's fair you know, enough. Right? That's fair. It enough. My, it was my writer, as I say at the end. Absolutely, you know? that's it. But in terms that's of the, the species, which species appe- appeals? Because they're they're an interesting mix of, oh. of, of different species in Star Trek, right? You get some really. Really cr- crazy. There's loads. There's loads. Um, oh God, uh, I. Uh, it's weird. I probably want to. I probably stay human. And the only reason I say that is because with every species that sounds dope, there is also the long stuff. Like Vulcans, theoretically, sound sick. They live long. They're strong. But the only thing is, they they have no emotion. They are literally all logic. And it's not because they never had emotion built within them. Their emotions are so, so strong. They're trained to suppress them so much that they are all logic. And that would be jarring to know that you're that person all the time. And also they have to, they have mandatory sex um, when the panfar happens. And okay, that's like I'm listening, once every... I'm listening, yeah. <laughs> no, it's, <laughs> you want to listen. Panfar, oh, is it once every seven years? Let me see. Like they can go without it for a long, long time. Right. You know what I'm saying? Ponfar, that's it. It's a reproductive cycle for Vulcans, right? So when the Ponfar happens, they can have sex other times, yeah, but they rarely do. But that's it. Once every seven years, it's like a mating ritual that you have to have or you can die. It's really weird. I don't know. <laughs> See, Romulans, now Romulans, they don't play that shit. The Romulan planet, that shit is going to be lit. Arguments all the time, high blood pressure, madnesses. Like, they don't deal with that logical shit. What I would do is I'd have a Romulan side chick if I was on Vulcan. So we can logically yeah. discuss our issues. But when I want to let loose, I'm going to that this mad pointy, pointy-eared Christian there. I'd be quite up for being guy. a Klingon in some ways, if I'm no, honest with you guys. You would like, not about being be a Klingon. Klingon. Well, as far as, I, as my knowledge, you can in, in, enhance my knowledge now. But like, okay. everything's quite ordered, quite organised. I like being organised. I'm a producer, you know? I like having things, Howard, if you, you know. If you were Klingon, you were like, I have a chest infection. They'd be like, well, there's no point in you being alive. That's how they are. Yeah, that's how Basically, they, are. They, they, live for, they live for honour and war and a glorious death in battle. Yeah. That's what they live for. Mate, death, jump out the window, bro. What's going on here? <laughs> this is what I'm saying. Old age for a Klingon is seen as dishonourable. Like oh, dying Wolf, young. Wolf is seen as soft. <laughs> like, what's wrong with this guy? <laughs> <laughs> this is, this is, from Wolf started combing his hair back. That's how you knew they had an oh issue with it. Oh my What's happened to this guy? <laughs> I am Worf, son of Moog. No, no, you're a guy with a lovely juicy perm on your head, bro. Yeah, me. Shut just, up. You're just doing KR, bro. Cling on, exactly. on resources and that, bro. I'm not trying to hear your shit, I, bro. I don't know what I'd be, you know. 
I know exactly what I'd be actually. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Um, right. I'd be a Q. I'd be a Q. Ah, uh, yeah. That's the I most interesting be... bit of the whole of Star Trek, isn't it? In some ways, I, what hundred percent. Yeah. Omnit- omnipotence. They are basically godlike creatures that are pranksters all the time. They a Q would be phenomenal to be because you just you just be messing with everybody all the time, and you could do absolutely anything. That would be the go-to, but then that's kind of the cheat code with like, what superhero would you be? The strongest one that can't be defeated. Do you know I mean, it's it's that kind of cheat yeah. code. But other than but, that, you know, I'd stay human. It's a good shout. Yeah. Yeah, I'd stay yeah, human. I'm, in a stay world human. where you could go and explore all those other worlds, why not, eh? This is it. I'd rather go explore and meet other people, but remain human so I can enjoy ice cream and not eat gach and stuff like that. <laughs> gach. gach. At, least you, the- at, least, at least you can eat ice cream, Ori. I can't even have that. Uh, that's why I like you got that. Oh, you get lactose intolerance, yeah. That's what I'm saying, yeah. That's what Brother, I have that too, but I don't. No one has to follow me in the bathroom. <laughs> it bubbles my guts. As I see, it's a good laxative. You what you what? do is that's you. Right. That's all right. Yeah, that's it. Right. You have have food, then have something with dairy in it. Preferable something that's not solid, so like an ice cream or a milkshake, and that's a wicked laxative. Clears you right out. <laughs> we are not advising this, just so you know, listeners, as a I lifestyle am. choice. But I am. Our guest is just so you my know. dad. My dad taught me. Um, he used to say if he ever had like a if he was ever bugged up he'd just have a, a strawberry milkshake from McDonald's run just, him ragged I'm just going to say yeah, to the audience there are other ways <laughs> but if you want a quick ways, organic one yeah a quick organic other ways is pleasurable yeah, exactly. other ways yeah, is pleasurable as having a milkshake I beg to differ hey, Ori, hey. Ori you're telling me there is a part of Risa where there's just a bunch of people that's shitting out milkshakes bro, being like uh, yeah. Oh no! In in, in Risa, they, the milkshakes right, that they would have—that's right. The, the milkshakes they would have, yeah, get it right, bitch. The right. <laughs> Apologies. It's, it's, it's all good. It's all good. I understand. I understand. We've been pushing it for on, a while. It's fair enough. On Risa, <laughs> they they probably have milkshakes that taste better than regular milkshakes that don't contain any lactose. And when you drink them, they just turn your libido right on and mm. in, and in, and intensify any sexual pleasure that you might have. Wow. That is what that planet is based on. Literally. Nice. That's why Riker always used to go there. No, that's exactly why. Did. Fucking Riker. Yeah. No surprise. Commander Riker. Leg up Riker. Im, Im, Mr. Im, Im Dotty. <laughs> oh, Dotty Riker. Yeah, yeah. Im Dotty. Beat everything Riker. Mr. Riker. Charming. Riker, the intergalactic Panani striker. <laughs> yeah, that's that Trek home humor there. How would you see that, bruv? Cater into the messes, bruv. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I've got to say that this, this episode has been... Uh, almost a um, a perfect exposition of how we can head into the strongest, most pertinent, important questions of civilization, and then yeah. move into just the, the the silly shit that we love to talk about as well. Um, <laughs> Auri, you've been a, you've been an amazing guest. It's great, Thank absolutely, you. Auri. Because at the end of the day, man, you know we're landed. We've landed on Mars now. So all this, all these old ideas and these ideologies about race and Who, culture was and it gender. Elon? Was it Elon that did it or someone else? No, NASA, NASA did the, the uh, Mars landing. Um, I think Elon had to blow up a, a rocket in space recently. And I think there's been another probe launch today or maybe yeah. yesterday. Big so, up man like Elon. That's my guy. <laughs> I mean, he, he, ain't no, he ain't no Nikola Tesla, but that's another conversation for another time. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, he used the name and I'm very happy he did. Yeah. yeah. So. Absolutely. Thank you so much for coming to, to see us today. It's, it's made me... I'm ecstatic with laughter, mocking my oh, thank, you, self, thank you, thank uh, <laughs> you. 
Uh, no, but already we go way back from way back. So uh, way back from way way. Um, I think I even had hair when we used to hang out there. Not much. Wait, <laughs> <laughs> that's how way back we go. Um, but for those who aren't as uh, familiar with the stylings of Ori Styler, can you please let the audience know where they can find out more about your good works? Cool. And all social media platforms, if you want to follow me, it's at Ori Styler, A-U-R-I-E, Styler, S-T-Y-L-A, all one word. I also have a YouTube channel, Ori Styler, uh, where I put up loads of great content of me just having a laugh, um, playing games, also watching trailers of movies that are coming out and just trying to build up that as well. Um, sure. Podcast, uh, No Escaping This Podcast. I've actually stopped that one. You can still listen back to all the episodes. They're all on there. I got the Ori Styler podcast, which I get to talk to people just like how we're having a conversation now, just some dope people around the world. And um, I don't know. Anything I mean, that's else? A busy man. That's a busy man. Right? I, 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 I do keep myself as busy as possible. I got bills to pay me. I got to try and do what I can to pay them. So I keep myself Cleaner as busy bills. as possible. Cleaner bills. Cleaner bills. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't pay them. So basically, <laughs> how it should be. Am I right, Howard? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, on any of those, pla- if you just Google or search on any social media platforms, Ori, A-U-R-I-E, Styler, S-T-Y-L-A, everything comes up. So that's all good. What an episode. Thank you, sir. Sensational. Thank you thank very you, much. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And remember, most importantly, yeah, live I'm long well. and prosper. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> You've been listening to Dane Baptiste Questions Everything, hosted by Dane Baptiste. For more from Dane, go to danebaptiste.co.uk or follow him on Twitter at DaneBaptweets or Instagram at DaneSnapTeast. Our guest was Ari Styler. You can follow Ari on Twitter and Instagram at Ari Styler. The show is produced by me, Howard Cohen. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the Howard Cohen. The show is mixed and mastered by Audio Culture. You can follow Audio Culture on Instagram at WeAreAudioCulture. Please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to us. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at DBQE Podcast. Thanks to Polly, Gelly, and the ACAST team for all their support. Thanks for listening, guys. And remember, question everything. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.